Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. It's the Friday edition of Wisdom Awakening. I hope you're getting ready for a nice weekend. Get a chance to go to church. Let me mention to those of you who are in my area here in the Virginia area, in the Southeast Virginia area, uh, I will be at church this coming Sunday. Service starts at 11 a.m. Uh, I'll be preaching somewhere around 1130, 11:45. Uh, we will also be live streaming the service, of course, and you can get that through my app, E.W. Jackson app. You can get it on Facebook. You can get it on YouTube. Uh, let's see. You can get it. Um, I, I believe we're live streaming to, or uh, well, we're live streaming on all my websites, standamerica.us, thecall.org. So there's any number of ways you can get the message. But come on out if you're in the area. Come on out and and be there live. And I, I'd love to meet you. It's 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake. That's in the Deep Creek section of Chesapeake. 943 Canal Drive. Very easy to get to. Uh, plenty of parking, so just feel free. Come on by. We'd love to meet you. Love to see you. Um, let's see. What else? For this weekend, we know that in spite of all the craziness going on around us, that we live in the greatest nation on earth still, enjoy yourself. Okay? Don't let this craziness steal your joy. <laughs> because I'm not going to do that. I don't want you to do that either. I mean, God is good all the time, and uh, you just enjoy the goodness of God, enjoy the greatness of this country, and, and we're going to continue to fight to make sure that it remains great, fight to make sure that it remains free, and nothing and nobody is ever going to deter me from doing that. That, that is uh, one of the great causes of my life, along with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The number one cause of my life is the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, but I'll tell you, keeping this country on a sound Judeo-Christian footing uh, is right up there with it because I really believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ goes out from America more than any other nation in the earth. If we lose our freedom here, the ability to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out is going to be severely limited. How much do you think the gospel is going out from China? No, it's not. Because the communist Chinese totalitarian dictators, Xi Jinping and others, are not going to allow it to go out. And if you live in China and you happen to be a Christian, you better be underground because if they catch you, they're going to lock you up and, and you might even get executed. If you go to China and try to give out Bibles and they find that you're there for that purpose, they will, they will stop you and, and send you back home. They are an anti-God regime. But I don't want to get off into that right now. That's another matter. But my point is, America is the greatest nation that's ever existed for the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure that that remains the case. That's why it is right up there with the gospel, because if this country falls, if we're not free here, a, 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 a wellspring, a source of the gospel of Jesus Christ will be cut off and we can't allow that to happen. Simply cannot. So keep your head up, be full of the joy of the Lord. The Lord joy of the Lord is our strength and don't let anything deter you or stop you. My father used to say to me, son, when you come up against obstacles, you go over them, you go under them, you go around them or you go through them, but you don't let anybody stop you from doing what you really believe you're supposed to be doing. And I've lived by that. <laughs> I really have. That's why you'll never tune in. Those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, 
um, or those of you who might be Americans of, of African ancestry, you will never tune into this program, hear me whining and moaning about racism and they wouldn't let me and oh, I'm so woe is me because I believe that God opens doors and no one can close them. Yeah, I just believe that. There's no room for victimization in that. I believe that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I believe that. There's no room for victimization in that. There's no room for whining and moaning and groaning about who wouldn't let you do what. I believe God always caused us to triumph through Christ Jesus. There's no victimization in that. Now look, either you believe that or you're a victim. Which is it? We, we should not be spiritual schizophrenics. Sadly, many in predominantly black churches with some of these leftist black pastors are being taught the bad news, not the good news. The bad news of racism has, held, has got you held down. Not even the power of God can lift you up. It's just, it's despicable is what it is. It's despicable. And we ought to be teaching Christians, regardless of the complexion of their skin, that there is victory in Jesus, period, over anything and everything. And we don't obsess over what other people real or perceived are doing to us. We obsess over what God wants to do with us and through us. All right. Well, listen, that brings me to what I want to talk to you about before we get into the word today. You know, it, it, as, as we watch the left try to erode the values that made America the greatest nation in the history of mankind. And that's why, by the way, China is never going to overcome us ever. China is not, not going to outstrip us ever because it's a nation that's rooted and grounded and founded in a lie. And lies can't do anything except collapse and destroy. And the United States of America is rooted and grounded and founded in truth. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now that's it. That's truth. And look, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. That truth is rooted and grounded in the word of God. It is for liberty that Christ has made us free. It's rooted and grounded in the word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not my word. See, those lies upon which China is built are going to pass away. And the lies upon which any other totalitarian, communist, Marxist, socialist country are built or is, is built are going to pass away. But the truths upon which America is founded will never pass away because they're truths that are rooted and grounded in God's word. And if we stand on those truths and not allow these leftists to undermine those truths, that's what the attack on Thomas Jefferson is all about. It's not about Thomas Jefferson owning slaves. I mean, that was 200 years ago. Give me a break. No, it's about undermining the legitimacy of the words that he wrote in the Declaration of Independence and trying to say those words are not anything that we should pay any attention to because Thomas Jefferson is not anybody that we should be paying attention to and neither were any of the other founding fathers because, quote unquote, they were slave holders. Not all, most of them weren't anyway, but that's here again. Propaganda doesn't care about whether something is true or not. It, it cares about telling people a story, giving people a narrative that will manipulate them to thinking, feeling, and behaving a certain way. 
And that's what the lies and the polemic against American history is all about, are all about, because they want you, they want our young people particularly, they want any American they can convince of, uh, they, who, who they can convince to hate our country. And that's, so that's what that's all about. But I don't care what Thomas Jefferson was, I don't care what his, uh, ultimately, I mean, I do care, but you get my point. The truth of what was written in the Declaration of Independence doesn't change because Thomas Jefferson had character flaws. Just like the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that I preach to you doesn't change because I'm a flawed human being, and I am. But the truth of what I'm telling you is not changed by that. So this country is rooted and grounded in truth. That's why this country is going to be here. Now, here's one of the, here's one of the principles upon which this country is founded. Personal responsibility. You and I are both responsible for our own words and actions. And, you know, the left, once again, is trying to move us away from that because, folks, it is a Marxist principle that people dialectical materialism and historical materialism uh, of Marx says basically that human beings are nothing but cogs in a great machine. And who we are and what we are is something that has been produced by the system which molds us and shapes us. And, and that the capitalist system, you, you hear Black Lives Matter railing against capitalism, that right now they're saying they, want, they don't want black people shopping in any white stores. I mean, well, I won't even get, I won't get into that one either because that's a distraction. I've already denounced Black Lives Matter. I've said the thing, the thing is evil. The concept is evil. The organization is evil. It is all evil. I don't have any sympathy with it whatsoever. Because the whole phrase Black Lives Matter, the implication is that black lives don't matter to America and now we're trying to make them matter. And that is a lie. Because at this stage in our history, most Americans care about our fellow Americans, period, and we don't care what the color of their skin is. But these lying demagogues would have us think that, oh no, every American, you know, you see some child hurting and, well, is he black or white? Oh, he's black, oh, who cares? And that's not America. So the whole concept is a lie. And by the way, as I pointed out, we've got now 238 murdered children since last year, 238 murdered children, innocent children, sleeping in their beds, riding their bikes, most recently in Portsmouth, one child trying to get into a car to get away from the gunfire, gunned down, shot dead, nine years old. When I tell that story, Americans don't ask, oh, well, was he black or white? Oh, he was black or who? I don't care. Any American who hears those kinds of stories, their hearts break. They, they care. So Black Lives Matter is a lie. It's a lie in the sense that it implies that the black lives don't matter to anybody, except maybe black Americans. And I got news for you. Those kids are being killed by other black Americans. They're not being killed by police. They're not being killed by white interlopers or white supremacists. They're being killed by other black Americans. And what is Black Lives Matter doing about that? Nothing. 
because it's nothing but a Marxist organization that is dedicated to the overthrow of this country and the implementation of a Marxist system in which they would be in charge and they would be just like every other Marxist and communist that's ever taken over a country, monsters, murderous, genocidal monsters who think that the world they want to create is so important and so big that you can kill as many people as you need to to get there because after all, it's worth it. Now, I'm not, I, listen, I don't follow Black Lives Matter or give them any accolades whatsoever any more than I do Louis Farrakhan, who is nothing but a racist and a demagogue and an anti-Semite who's not even worthy of being listened to at all. And Black Lives Matter, as far as I'm concerned, is in the same category. I mean, we got to take an uncompromising position on this stuff and stop mealy-mouthing. And I hear all these black leaders who want to threaten me. Well, I may not agree with the organization, but, but um, you know, the concept. Oh, please. If the root is evil, the fruit is evil. Now deal with it. It's like some guy telling me, well, if the devil gave a minister telling me, well, if the devil had chickens and I needed chickens, I would deal with the devil to get those chickens. A minister told me that many, many years ago. By the way, he's dead, got sick and died. And you know what my response was? I said, I'm not taking chickens or anything else from the devil because God is the one who gives me what I want. I'm not, I'm not dealing with the devil. He was basically justifying taking money from the cultish organizations like Nation of Islam, Unification Church, whatever. And I wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm not perfect, but my goodness gracious, I can get some things right. So look, here's what I want to point to. This issue of personal responsibility, taking responsibility for your own life and your own destiny. See, that all that, that leftist ideology denies that because it says, oh, no, 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 you're a victim of the system. Oh, if we just change the system, the system is systemically racist. The system is unjust. The system is inequitable. And if we just change the system, we'll change the outcome. That's why you have these idiots like Ilhan, Omar, no, this Rashida Tlaib, saying we need to empty the prisons because nobody's there justly. Just let them all out. Oh, they kill people. They robbed, they raped, they murdered. But that's only because the system corrupted them and caused them to do these things. So just let them out. Yeah, right. You know what? Let them out right in your neighborhood. In fact, let them live in your house. See how you like it. Personal responsibility is critical to who we are as a nation. It means I'm responsible for my own actions. You, you, do you know what, what, how debilitating it is to teach people as these leftists are trying to teach the black community that their destiny is in the hands of you? Forgive the phrase because, you know, I don't like it, but so that you know exactly what I'm saying, that their destiny is in the hands of quote-unquote white people. My destiny is in my hands before Almighty God. It's not in the hands of black people, white people, brown people, yellow people, Hispanic people. My destiny is in my hands before Almighty God. And God has already told me what my destiny is. And nobody can change that. Because those whom he foreknew, me, you, if you are a Christian, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Oh, but Bishop, you know, that can't happen for black people. White people won't let that happen. I mean, because that's how stupid that stuff sounds to me. Stupid. As well as just mentally debilitating.
he predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son. And those whom he predestined, he also called. I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest, lay down your weary head, lay down your head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, I was weary, I was wounded, I was sad, but I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. I can't, nobody can stop me from fulfilling my destiny. Those of me predestined, he also called. Those of me called, he also glorified, justified. Meaning I have the, I've been justified as the righteousness of God. Who can, if God be for us, who can stand against us? And those who be justified, he also glorified. I don't glorify myself, but God promised to glorify me. Who can stop that? Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is God who glorifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ who died for my sins and is risen again and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. How in the world can we Christians buy into this victimization nonsense. And you know what we're doing as these Christians who buy into that, I don't care what the color of their skin is, I don't care whether what their background is, whether they're black or white, but a lot of black preachers have been educated in these cemeteries. Yeah, and they are cemeteries. They call themselves seminaries, but they're cemeteries where they teach you to be to believe nothing. They teach you to, to, to absolutely have no faith in God, have faith in the stupid education they're giving you. So you become just, you, you, you become the blind and you go out and then lead the blind. And, and all of you fall into the ditch. No, my destiny is in, is in the hands of Almighty God and I'm in his hands and I'm in cooperation with him. Nobody can stop me from fulfilling my destiny, period. That ought to be the message that every Christian, regardless of race, is hearing in their churches. But you know, think about this. This is the culture that we're in now. And I rail against it. And my children used to say to me when, we would, when they were growing up, they would say, Daddy, I can't. And I would say, no, 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 no. Just say what you really mean. You don't really want to. <laughs> because I would tell them, we don't have can't in our household. There's no such thing here. I can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> you know, remember Barack Obama? You've got a business. You didn't build that. Well, who did? Him? He hadn't built anything. He hadn't created anything. Say he's worth a couple hundred million dollars. It's all been done by politics. Hasn't invented anything, hasn't created anything, hasn't built anything, and spent his life, as far as I'm concerned, spent his political life trying to tear this country down. Spent eight years running around the world apologizing for America. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, you're not going to get any apology for America here. We have nothing to apologize for. Say, so, yeah, but Bishop, what about slavery? And what about the things that we did to the Japanese during World War II? And what about this? And what about that? Yeah, we're an imperfect country. And we made some terrible mistakes. So has every other nation on the face of the earth. And there's a very simple reason why, because they're made up of people. And people are never going to get everything right. But I'll tell you what, there's been no country in the face, in the history of mankind that has been better at correcting our errors 
and, and redressing our problems and creating a nation where there is hope and opportunity for all of our citizens. No nation has done a better job at that. None. And I'm going to celebrate that, not apologize for something that somebody did 150 years ago or 100 years ago or 50 years ago. I had nothing to do with it and neither did you. We can't build a nation by looking back anyway. We got to look to the future. But that's why I take very personal responsibility for the future of this country. I know alone I can't control the future of America. I know that. But I take personal responsibility for doing my part to assure that my granddaughter and that your children and grandchildren live in a country that offers them that freedom, that hope, that opportunity, which I believe was the vision of our founding fathers for all of its people all of our nation's people. So personal responsibility, Alec Baldwin. I, I didn't pull the trigger. I'm not responsible. Well, who is? You're the producer. You're the actor. You had the gun. Did you check the gun, Alex? Did you safety check the gun? I didn't pull the trigger. And you know, folks, as a gun enthusiast, and I am not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, I mean, but but I'm not I'm not a novice either. There are certain pistols, and of course, this was one of these uh, uh, period revolvers, I take it. Now it wasn't it wasn't a, a semi-automatic. But there are guns that have what was what what's called a hair trigger, meaning that it doesn't take much pressure to pull that trigger. But guess what? Even a hair trigger firearm won't pull on its own. Now, if you got a hair trigger firearm and, and it has a hammer, okay, that's the thing you pull back when the gun is ready to fire. So automatics have hammers as well as, as revolvers. But it has a hammer and that hammer is pulled back and you drop that weapon because it's already cocked and ready to go. And if it has a hair trigger, then that weapon may well go off but you got to do something to it and holding it in your hand won't make the trigger go off. You got to pull the trigger or squeeze the trigger to be more precise. Now I'm a big Glock man. I, I, I like Glocks and they're not for everybody. My son doesn't care for Glocks, but I love Glocks. It takes five pounds of pressure to, to squeeze the trigger on a Glock. And it's got a built-in safety mechanism, which I won't go bother to explain, but it's got a built-in safety mechanism in the trigger. You can't pull the trigger of a Glock by accident. That, can't, you, that cannot happen. Now, I tell you one time, I, I, we, Glocks rarely jam. And I didn't mean to get off into all this, but <laughs> like I said, I'm a gun enthusiast. Glocks rarely jam. Rarely. Uh, they are very, very efficient weapons. If you're a person who, can, uh, as I used to be before I really got into weapons and, and learning the differences and the distinctions, I used to be a little bit leery of an automatic because I know that they're subject to jam. And I'm thinking the last thing you need is, a, is an automatic to jam at the moment you need it. Glocks require very little maintenance. I mean, you ought to clean a Glock the same way you clean the very easy to feel strip, by the way, but you ought to clean the Glock the same way you clean any other weapon. But Glocks are known to operate with almost no maintenance, no cleaning, 
but they're not perfect. And I had a Glock jam on me. I mean, I've had that happen a couple times, but I mean, I, I got, I got a number of Glocks and you know, I use Glocks often. So I've had it happen a couple times, a couple times out of literally probably tens of thousands of rounds I fired. So I had a Glock jam on me. Now, of course, if I've got a jam pistol, a guy, I got a, it, it was got a jam in it. Here's what you don't do folks. You don't go, Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be smart. What's, is that bullet in there? <laughs> I'm laughing, but obviously, because probably some tragic things have happened, but, but that's, that's pretty stupid. So you got to clear a jam. Obviously, what you, what you got to do is you got to get that gun away from everybody else, and you got to get it pointed in a safe direction and so I did that and I'm, you know, working on this thing, you know, trying to get it unjammed. And you know what? Boom. It went off. It went off. Now I can't explain to you how it went off because I, I was, but I was manipulating the trigger. I'm, I'm, I'm manipulating the thing. And, and, you know, of, of course, I mean, I got the magazine out and everything and I'm trying to get this, this, this round out of, out of my chamber here so I can continue to use the thing and boom. Now if I'd have been stupid enough to be pointing that weapon at somebody, oh, let me see if I can get this unjammed. Tragic circumstances. Here's what I'm saying. I am responsible for what I do with those weapons. I am responsible for taking steps to make sure that I and others around me are safe. That's my responsibility. But here again, you got this guy. He's, he's the one who shot the people. He's the one who killed somebody. He's holding the gun, but he's not responsible. In fact, he says, well, he said, I would never pull the trigger with a gun pointed at somebody. You believe that. You, you mean to tell me in his various acting roles, he's never pointed a gun at somebody and pulled the trigger? I mean, give me a break. I mean, take responsibility for what you did. People would have a lot more sympathy if he did that, as opposed to trying to, it, was, it wasn't me. Who, well then who, who, who's responsible? I mean, my goodness gracious, he should have he known to take that weapon and check it before doing anything else with it. Uh, here again, of course, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in Hollywood people. And I'm not saying they're all dumb or anything, because obviously there's some very bright people in Hollywood. Uh, so, but, but I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a deficit of common sense wisdom there because they live their lives pretending to be other people. And I think people who don't step back from that and realize the absurdity of that and don't take themselves too seriously are likely to be as dumb as this guy, Alec Baldwin, who's now responsible for having killed somebody. But he doesn't want to take responsibility. Here's another one. Hunter Biden has got a child out of wedlock. Now, I saw a debate on Newsmax about this where one guy, I can't remember who he was, was saying, I don't want to talk about that. That's personal. Look. I don't ever want to do anything to hurt a child. 
and Hunter Biden's out of wedlock child is, is, uh, is, I would never attack a child. I would never say anything against a child. Just wouldn't do it. That child didn't choose to be here. That child is innocent. That child hadn't done anything to anybody. But I do think it's appropriate to point out that the Biden family is not even acknowledging this child, and that is Joe Biden's granddaughter. And to me, that is despicable. Yeah, your son fathered that child out of wedlock and apparently has no relationship with the mother now, except he pays her alimony. I mean, not alimony, but pays her child support. But my goodness gracious, that child is your flesh and blood. And you mean to tell me you're going to ignore that child, act like that child doesn't exist? Here again, where's the personal responsibility? Where's Hunter Biden saying, this is my child. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm not going to hide that. And this child is a part of the Biden family. See, I, I could, look, even though I don't like these people, I don't like their policies, I don't know them, so I don't have a personal dislike, but I certainly dislike what they stand for. I would respect that. I really would. I would say, well, you know what? Give him credit. God bless him. At least he's willing to step up and take responsibility for what he's done and not leave his child kind of out in the cold and act like that child doesn't exist. But oh, no, no. Here again, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Now, look, folks, here again, please don't get me wrong. I am not trying to sell you some idea that, well, I'm perfect and everybody else needs to. No, I've made my share of mistakes in life. And I'll tell you what, I've never made a mistake in life and I've made some doozies, but I've never made a mistake in life that I haven't owned up to. Ever, ever. If I did it, I did it. If I was wrong, I apologize, forgive me, and, and, and I, I'm going to try to move on. If I've hurt anybody, I want to try to make good on that. But, but, but that's the way I was brought up. That's the way I was taught. A man, if you don't mind my saying, a man, I know women should do this too, obviously, but I'm speaking from a man's perspective, a man steps up to the plate and takes responsibility for his own actions. That's what a man does. Jesse Smollett, we know, he, we know he engaged in a fraud. Oh no, I told the truth. He's a lying sack of beans. But you know, instead of just saying, hey, you know what? I don't know what I was thinking. I was stupid. I, 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 that was a horrible judgment on my part, thinking I was gonna help myself by doing this. I beg everybody's forgiveness for being that stupid. I'll never make a mistake like that again. And you know what? By now, people be saying, well, you know what? Jesse Smollett's all right. I'm saying people, because the American people are forgiving. And the American people believe in the second chance. But when you won't own up to it, when you won't say, well, yeah, you know, I did that. I'm responsible. Then it's very, you can't be redeemed. You can't be redeemed by God without saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I repent. Receive me. Have mercy on me. You can't. Remember that Jesus told the parable of the two men? One man went up and said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I tithe and I, I, I do this and I do that. And, I, and you know, I, I, I'm really great. I'm, I so, I'm so glad I'm not like these other people. And then this other man goes up and says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
And Jesus said, that man went down justified. You can't, even God can't redeem you without personal responsibility and acknowledgement of, your, of, of, the, of the fact that, that you are wrong, that you've done something wrong, that you need to make amends. You know, I remember when I first got saved, and you know, I get emotional just thinking about this. When I first got saved, I remember hearing this in my own mind and saying it over and over again. Oh God, I have been so wrong and you are so right. I have been so wrong and you are so right. God is right about everything. And without knowing him, we're pretty much wrong about everything and certainly most things. We need to come back to a nation of personal responsibility. We need to come back to a nation where we acknowledge when we make mistakes and just take responsibility, just step up and say, you know what? I messed up. I mean, Joe Biden won't admit that he's done anything wrong and he's pretty much wrecked the country. And he won't admit that he's done anything. Everything he's done is right. No sense of personal responsibility whatsoever. And, and I'll tell you something, folks. The future of our country lies in our willingness. And frankly, that the, the historic gains we have made as a nation have, have, have been in our willingness to acknowledge when we make mistakes and to turn away from the past and to turn toward the future. I know coming out of slavery was cataclysmic for our country. We ended up having a civil war. But I'll tell you what, find an American now who thinks that slavery was a good thing. Find an American now who thinks that, that racism is a, is a good thing. Our country turned away from that. I know we got these racial demagogues who don't want to don't acknowledge that, but it's the truth. Our country has turned away from that. Because we've taken responsibility when we made mistakes. Now that means we that doesn't mean we wallow in the past. I mean, you know, the Bible says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you know, I I like I said, I've made my share of mistakes. And when I feel I've done something wrong, said something wrong. Uh, I will go to God and say, Lord, forgive me. I know I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that, whatever the situation may be. And then later on, I'll come back to it and say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me for that mistake, that sin. Um, that, and, and, you know, and, and folks, in my heart, I will have God say to me, what sin? What mistake? Why are you still wallowing in that? I forgave you. I've cleansed you. Let's move on. See, when, when, you're, when your repentance, when you're taking responsibility is sincere and heartfelt, you can move on. Like I said, you know, when you've hurt people, you want to redress those wrongs. But you, you don't live in that sin. You don't wallow in it. You don't, you don't make that your, your raison d'etre. I live to, I mean, come on. I've said before, I've used this analogy before, and I got to get to the word here. 
You cannot build a life in the same way that you can't, looking at the past, in the same way you cannot drive a car by looking in the rearview mirror. You can glance to orient yourself. You can glance to see where you've been, to see what's going on around you. But if you, you drive that car staring in the rearview mirror, you know what you're going to do? Crash. Because in order to drive, in order to get to your destination, you've got to be looking ahead, not behind. Here again, you glance. So we do, certainly we glance at our past mistakes. We glance at our past errors. We, we look at the, the mistakes we've made and we learn from those mistakes. Praise God, we won't, we won't do that again. Praise God, we, we know better. We understand better now. But see, this obsessive uh, 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 staring at the past is what produces all these weird machinations by people. Well, you know, like I said, every, uh, we got to change the name of everything. Do you know, folks, we've got 26 states named after, with, under, named after um, either Native American tribes or named uh, for words that come from Native American languages? 26. We're going to change all the states' names too? Kentucky is Indian. Massachusetts is Indian. Connecticut is Indian. And I can go on and on. These are all Indian names. We're going to change those two? You don't name things after people you despise. You name things after people you honor or people whom you admire or you admire something in them. Now, come on, let's, let's stop being crazy about this stuff. You don't name a team the Atlanta Braves because you think that Indians are cowards or Native Americans are cowards. And, and look, some people may find Redskins to be offensive, but here again, I'm just getting to the, 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 the underlying source, substance of this thing. You don't name a team the Redskins if you think that that's insulting or offensive or you think that it's dishonoring because you name things that you care about after things that you think are honorable. But you know, we're, we, I mean, we got these people who are obsessing with the past and, and they think they're going to somehow undo everything that's ever gone wrong. I, I don't know whether I'm going to get to the, to, to, to Colossians today or not, but let me say this folks, please, Take this to heart. The only place that leads is insanity because you simply can't undo history. You see Black Lives Matter put out this thing says the what you're the land you're on is stolen land and the, what you're doing is on stolen land, which means that if they got in the offices, whatever they've got is on stolen land too. What are they going to do? Give it up? They got $90 million they raised. How about giving that? How about going around distributing that to the Native Americans since they're going to lecture the rest of us about the land we live on is stolen land? How about all these Hollywood people giving up their mansions, giving up their cars, giving up their bank accounts? Just give it all to the Native Americans. You stole it all, right? Yeah, America ought to just dismantle and just say, you know what, this land's going back to the Native Americans. You all just go back to whatever countries you came from and this continent will just have nothing but Native Americans on it. I mean, you see the absurdity of this stuff. You can't, you can't undo history. And look, and here's the fact of the matter. The fact of the matter is, I, I guarantee, and I haven't done a survey, but I guarantee you 
of the national boundaries all over this world were established by conquest. Now that may, may not be pretty and it may not be satisfying for people to hear, but it's the truth. So you're going to start with America. Okay. Well then now let's, let's, let's go, go to Mexico. And let's talk about the, 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 the activities of the Aztecs, the slavery, the human sacrifice. What, what needs to be done there to do reparations for that? Let's go to Africa. Let's talk about the tribal wars. Let's talk about the Biafran war. Let's talk about the, the pogroms, the genocidal activities done from one tribe to another. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to all the, the African tribes that participated in the slave trade. Now, what, who do they owe? And let's go back to the people that they sold and what, what tribes sold them and, and who do they owe? I mean, you, know, you can do this stuff until your head just spins like a top. Because there's no end to it. At some point, we've got to make up our minds. The past is the past and we got to build a future. We learn the lessons we can from the past and then we move on. But this, this neurotic, psychotic obsession with, oh, you know, Thomas Jefferson owned slaves and George, I mean, give me a break. They lived in a certain era of time and the whole world experienced that era. You go back and talk about some of those with, with these racist Black Lives Matter people, go back and talk about some of those African princes and, 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 and uh, uh, leaders who themselves own slaves by the thousands. What about them? Well, maybe we shouldn't be talking about them in the history books. Maybe we should debunk them. Oh, but no, we want to talk about the, the Songhai king and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, he owns slaves, too. I mean, you, you did, this stuff is it's neurotic. But, of course, we know it's not just a matter of, of people trying to hold folks historically accountable, it's a matter of trying to advance a Marxist agenda and convince people particularly, that's why they don't want to go back to Africa. They don't want, I mean, they don't want to go to start talking about slavery in Africa before Europeans arrive. They don't want to talk about that. Oh, no, 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 no. Because it's a Marxist agenda to overthrow this nation, to, 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 to transform this nation to something that our founding fathers never intended, that God would never bless. And the Constitution, frankly, doesn't allow. You know, it's time to take personal responsibility for our own actions. I mean, all these people pointing the finger at dead people like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Patrick Henry, when they don't have their own act together. I mean, Patrice Cullors running around buying multi-million dollar homes, pointing the finger at everybody else. Where'd all that money come from? She doesn't have any money. And all these idiot corporate leaders that gave Black Lives Matter $90 million to throw around the use to try to subvert the country. Folks, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm going to wrap with this. I'll, you know what? It's Friday. So I, I, I actually, I thought I was going to spend more time in the world today. So forgive me. But that's why I don't watch the NBA anymore. I don't watch the, I don't watch the American Football League anymore because I am... I am disgusted with the pandering and the division that these organizations are trying to stoke 
who, by the way, will defend communist China and attack the United States of America. They'll defend a communist brutal dictatorship and at the same time insult our country. Oh, America's high. Oh, America's bad. Uh, oh, China. Oh, wait, well, you know, China, we love China. What a, what a bunch of idiots. You can try going to China and criticizing Xi Jinping and see how long you live. They ought to be celebrating the country that's allowed them to become wealthy and influential. And instead they're attacking our country and, and, and praising communist China. And right now we got a tennis player. Thank God the, 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 um, the world tennis association, I think it's called is now calling China to task because there's a tennis player who uh, apparently did something critical and now she's been missing. Nobody knows where she is because that's what happens in China. So I don't, I don't even watch the NBA anymore because I, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I'm, they, they don't entertain me. They disgust me. I don't watch the NFL because now they're playing the, 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 the black national anthem. There's no such thing as a black national anthem. There's one national anthem. It's the Star Spangled Banner. That's it. That, they, that, that song is a hymn. Nothing wrong with the song. It's a hymn. There, you can't have two national anthems in the United States of America. There's only one. I, I'm not going to be helping people to succeed who, as far as I'm concerned, are trying to destroy the country that I love. All right, folks, we got to take, it's time for us to take personal responsibility for ourselves and for all, I'm challenging each and every one of you to take, take the condition of America personally and do what you can. Help us. You know, people say, what, what can I do? I say, well, join with us. Help us. If you don't know anything else you might be able to do, help us. We're taking a stand for our country. Go to standamerica.us and you can contribute there. Um, you can help me with, my, with these broadcasts. I mean, these broadcasts do cost money. You can go to bishopewjackson.tv. You can help me there. Um, tell a friend, tell a neighbor, maybe you don't have any money. Pray for me. Pray for what we're trying to do. Maybe you don't have any money. That's fine. I mean, I want you to have some money because you need to live, but, but, but tell a friend, share this with a friend, tell them you are, you need to listen to this. You need to watch this because I'm determined. I'm committed to getting the message out. We're on national religious broadcasters. We're on Christian television network. We'll soon be on Andrew Womack uh, ministries network. And we're looking to ultimately join some of these other national networks uh, so that we can keep getting the word out, folks. I, I am I, I'm going to do this until I breathe my last breath because this country is a great gift from Almighty God. And there are people who are trying to undermine everything it represents, every good thing it's ever done, every good thing it will do in the future. There are people trying to destroy all that, and we're not going to let them get that job done. So God bless each and every one of you. Listen, have a wonderful weekend. And uh, go to church. And like I said, if you're in the local area, come visit us at 943 Canal Drive. I'll be there at 11 o'clock. In the meantime, remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit. Because we are on God's side.